Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. You know, when I was writing a a sort of a promo piece for this new series, um, I, it was amazed when I looked, you know, with Dr. Google's help and some of the, just, just to, if you put in the end of the world in your computer, do you know what comes up? Hundreds of books and movies about the end of the world. And of course, they all depict the end of the world as apocalyptic or catastrophic or, or terror or some comet or aliens, you know, something's just going to happen. And so it was sort of ironic that right on that same front page of uh, Googling the end of the world, right in the middle of it, uh, is uh, here's what they called it. They said, the 50 best end of the world movies. <laughs> and I thought, what's the, what, what's the best way to end the world, you know? Just to have this catastrophe happen. Anyway, these books and movies are all fiction. They're all fiction. And in this series, we've been getting our information about the end of the world from what Jesus taught about it. And then his apostles learning from Jesus what they had to say about it. And Jesus doesn't just say, you know, it's no wonder some people say YOLO, you know. (laughs) You only live once. You know, if the world's going to blow up soon, let's just get what we want done before before it all blows up. But uh, Jesus comes and he doesn't just say YOLO. I was thinking this past week, he says sort of like YALI. You know what YALI means, right? All the cool people know what Yeli means, right? You know, YOLO, you only live once. Yeli, Jesus comes and he says, because I live, you shall live also, right? You believe in me, you'll have everlasting life. So he's basically saying, you all can live eternally, Yeli. Anyway. <laughs> the first teaching that we had with Dr. Van in this YOLO series He asked this question. He says, do you want to know what the end of the world is going to look like? Just look at how it all began before, you know, we messed it up. And remember Good Friday, we saw that when that flipped the script came in. Because at the beginning, there was joy, goodness, truth, trust, and peace, and love. And then, of course, we aren't robots. We're not pre-programmed artificial intelligence. And we chose to try life without God. And that's where perversion, destruction, lies, distrust, corruption, injustices, and hatred, racism, that's where it all came in. But then Jesus comes to give us a second chance. In fulfillment of prophecies, he flips the script and life and goodness, truth. And, and, and the very way that God intended it at the beginning is what we're going to return to. You want to know what the end of the world is going to look like in the new heaven and the new earth? Just look at how it all began. And then the uh, second teaching we had in the YOLO series was about how, you know, and this is true, right from the first followers of Jesus, you know, we say, I'm going to heaven, go into all the world. And they say, are you going to set up your kingdom soon? 
The, the speculation about date setting has just been so prevalent amongst followers of Jesus throughout human history. It's like we, 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 we too often uh, put into our headlines speculation instead of the spectacular. How many of the spectacular is he has gone ahead to prepare a place for us. He's going to come again and we will be with him in his father house and we'll be with the Lord forever. That's the spectacular part. And then the last weekend, Pastor Jonathan was helping us see that it's not supposed to get all resolved here. It, there's a dissonance that we have to learn to live with. We, we're in between the time. Dr. Van inter, introduced this chart. You know, whenever you came to Christ, you, you, you entered his kingdom. You began in his kingdom, but uh, what we deal with here and now is perishable. You know, our jobs, our stuff, relationships with people, they're all going to pass away, but we head towards the day where the kingdom is going to move into a state where we, the, the perishable takes on the imperishable. The Apostle Paul said the exact same thing. Apostle, uh, Apostle Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, <laughs> he is. Uh, the, the, Pastor Jonathan used the Apostle Peter to describe it. The Apostle Paul says the exact same thing when he writes the Christians in Rome. He says, against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope. Now, do you notice these words? They were green yesterday, they're red today. I refuse to call that pink. There are reasons for that. But, but with eagerhood, every time you see that color, just think of the longing we have. You know, things since Jesus came, the kingdom has started, but it's not what it's going to be. We live on a broken earth. One day we're going to live on a new earth. And so we're in this state where, where we're longing. Every time you see those words in pinkish red, think about longing what we're looking forward to, what we're anticipating, but with eager hope, creation. You know, creation, sometimes wonder why they're called acts of God. Sometimes they're not acts of God. They're because we messed up creation when we went away from God. But the creation looks forward. There it is, anticipating to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. And we believers also groan. We join creation. We're, 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 we're longing, we're groaning. Even though we have the Holy Spirit, we're in this age now where we have the Holy Spirit poured out upon us. We have that indwelling power of the Spirit, but, but even then, we know there's more. This is, the Spirit is with us as a foretaste of the future glory. It's not as glorious now as what it's going to be when the perishable takes on the imperishable. And there's that word. Say it aloud together with me. For we long. We long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. How many, the older you get, the more you can say amen to that. <laughs> we too wait with, there it is, eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he has promised us. You see, things now are not the way they should be. It's sort of like, have you ever put together a puzzle and you get all the pieces, you get all the pieces, you've spent so much time, and you get near the end, and there are pieces missing. <laughs> so exasperating. It's nice to have grandchildren to blame. <laughs> but it just, come on, it's not complete. It's not complete. 
That's the way we, that's the state in which we live now. Now, you two recorded a song. Nice of you to join. You two record, you mean, with my cold, you don't want me to sing? I want you to relax. I want me to relax. Uh, you are just one sweetheart. Um, you two record a song. Do you ever hear it? She'll sing a line of it just to remind you, but every verse said, you know, there's this human experience I tried. There's that human experience I tried. I, 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 Jesus, amazing, Holy Spirit. He talks about the Pentecostal experience of the Holy Spirit. But then he, but then he says, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Remember, do, do, do a line of it anyway. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You hear that longing? You know, it's just, just, I've experienced all this, but I know there's more. Now, Pastor Jonathan sort of introduced this last weekend when he, um, he, he got that dissonant chord, and I just wanted it to be resolved, you know? That, it sounded like this. It doesn't make you dissonant. Fix that, please. That's incomplete. Resolve it. And she does. Yes. Thank you, Natalie. Today... If you want to know what the future looks like, just look at the deepest longings for things to be resolved that you experience as a human being. And that, that, that'll give you an indication of what the, the future heaven and earth is going to be like. It's what we long for most deeply as humans that helps us understand what the new heaven and the new earth that Jesus is going to bring us into is going to be like. For, for instance, you know, uh, how did you come to Canada? Are you first generation, second generation? Uh, or, or like me, ancestors came from Ireland uh, generations ago. But, but why did they come? Often people will come to Canada because they're looking for a safe country. Uh, you know, safe country, free from some of the things that they have. Secondly, to have a better future. More, maybe more job possibilities. And certainly, how many had ancestors that came, like mine, who came because things weren't going that well in the country they were in, and they wanted a better future for their children, you know? And uh, some of you who have come from warm countries more recently, you know, uh, you say, oh, Canada's my home. Canada's my home. And then somewhere between January and February, <laughs> you know, even though I was born in Canada, I've changed the cities that I called home eight times since I've been born. You know, I go to Edmonton, they say, this is really home, isn't it? I go to Halifax, yeah, this is really home, isn't it? You know? But, but then there's this... All of us have some sense of homelessness. It's just we long for, for something that we don't have, you know. And though those of us that are worst off, and you may be online joining us, welcome. You may be in this room at Kennedy Finch in Toronto. But, but there, there are people that we have amongst us today, online or in this room, who th their home was so unstable. Worse, some came from where the people that were supposed to trust to raise them, abuse them. That's home? They, they, they would want to get out of home. And then there are those that were raised by different adults in foster homes. There are some amongst us who live with, with this painful restlessness of not just where is home, but what is home? Never really experienced the home. There's just this, so I call it this longing for permanency. 
Just some place where, where it's permanent, it's certain, and it's secure. You know, it's always been that way. Remember the people that we talked about in our summer series uh, about, you know, the, the comeback series? A lot of them were Old Testament people. In the New Testament book of Hebrews, the writer talks about them, and here's what he says. He said they had that condition too. They had that longing. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They, they, weren't, they weren't at home here. Instead, they were, what's that word? Longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for, say it aloud together with me, he has prepared a city for them. And then it's not just the Old Testament people. The Apostle Paul, with all that he experienced of the life-changing power of Jesus, he still writes to the Christians in Corinth, Greece, and he says, we are confident, I say, and would prefer, there's that longing word, we prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Do you see it? Away from the body, at home, with our permanency is awaiting us. Now, now, do you also see this? Death is not the cessation of you as a person. It's not over because you physically die. Yes, the physical part of you that is perishable, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I'm going to be doing a funeral this afternoon. And I mean, there's that part of us that is gone. But absent from the body is present. Part of us is imperishable. It's present with the Lord. I'll never forget the story about uh, this new pastor doing his first funeral at this church. And this really eccentric guy that everybody in the church family knew had just died. And it was his first funeral. And he was trying to explain this verse. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And he used the illustration of a peanut. And he looked down at the casket and he said, you know, the, the, the real person is not here. Absent from the body is present the Lord. And you know, what you see here is the shell. The nut has gone to heaven. <laughs> you know, Well, when Jesus turns to the thief, that criminal on the cross beside him, who says, oh Lord, I turn to you, what does Jesus say? Today, blank, will be with me in paradise. Fill the blank in. Today, you, you. His physical body that's being decimated by a Roman crucifixion? No, no, not that, not that perishable part of him. What part of him? went to be with the Lord, the, the real him, the, the personality, that part that was made in the image of God. What, what part went to heaven? You see, when we, we're, we, we share the same DNA as plants and animals, and the Bible says that we're made from dust. There's a physical part of us, but God also made humans special in his image. We have a capacity for spirituality. We have a capacity. That's why there's so many religions in the world. People reaching out to find God when, when God came in Jesus to find us. But we have this capacity for spirituality. Secondly, we have a capacity to live forever. To live forever. To have eternal life. But what part of us is in eternal life? You know, one question I get asked increasingly by Christians is, what about cremation? What about cremation? 
I've also been asked, what about people that, you know, their house is on fire and they burn to death? What's, what's it going to be like for them when there's the, the great resurrection at the last day? Uh, what about the soldier whose body was blown to bits on the battlefield? You know, have to, well, watch this. Absent from the body is to be there's a part of us that is with the Lord. You say, you mean in the future we're going to be a bunch of disembodied spirits? How many have ever been taught some of that stuff about, you know, when we go to heaven, we're going to be, you know, flitting around like angelic beings from one cloud to the other, listening to nonstop harp music? You know, anyway, no, no. The Apostle Paul describes what happens when we leave this body. He writes to Christians in Philippi, Greece, and he says, but our citizenship is in, that's our permanent residence. And then here's the longing words, we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, who by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself, will say it aloud together with me, he will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. <laughs> About uh, Dr. Van was in the first service this morning, and I was remembering because he was up leading worship, and I, I taught on... Um, I taught probably from this verse. I, I don't remember what verse, but I was talking about, you know, we have a new body, a new glorious body when we go to heaven. And I met a lady, she's not in part of the church family anymore, that's why I can talk about her, but she, one of the advantages, Pastor Jonathan, of staying in a church a long time, you can, you know, people leave. And so, anyway, she, 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 she was upset with me, and, and I didn't know what it was about. She says, you mean, she said, to tell me, she says that I, she was in her 40s, and she said, I won't go to heaven and have this body. She'd been taking good care of it. And compared to some of her peers, she thought she looked pretty good, you know? And she was feeling a little ripped off at that whole, that we're going to have a new body. And, and so I just quoted her back what the Bible says, you know? Anyways, as I was getting ready for this message, I realized that was over 20 years ago. She'd be in her 60, over 65 now. I wonder if she still has the same view. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Here's some things that you can know about your transformed body. You're going to be transformed. Here's what we do know. I, I can give you some, some facts. I know this. The body will last forever. Do you remember Revelation says, death will be no more? And the Apostle Paul says, the perishable will be clothed with imperishable. Whatever a composition of the new glorious body, it's not going to wear down or have death or decay. Isn't that amazing? And then also, no sickness, pain, or suffering. Remember the new heaven, the new earth? There'll be no sickness, pain, or suffering. Um, sorry, doc, medical doctors, you're out of business. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then, Here's where we get a couple of clues. This. Remember when Jesus rose from the dead? It'll say, it says here, we'll be transformed our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. Well, when Jesus rose from the dead, do you remember when the disciples were in fear behind locked doors, afraid the Roman soldiers would come and get them and do to them what they had just done to Jesus? And, 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 and Jesus appeared amongst them right through the molecular structure of a solid wall. Jesus appeared amongst them. Later that day, he was walking 
on the road to Emmaus, outside Jerusalem, to Emmaus, and, and these guys were so depressed because they thought the Messiah was going to come and set up his kingdom, and then Jesus goes and dies. And so this one that joins them on the journey explains from Moses and the prophets that the Messiah first must suffer and, and die and give his life, pay the price for the damage of our sin. And, and then and, and, and they talked about it later. They said, oh, our hearts were burning in us as he talked to us on the road. And then, then when suddenly it says they recognized Jesus, it said he disappeared. He disappeared. So some sort of clues that whatever kind of glorious, non-decaying, non-death body we have, it's going to somehow be able to move through molecular structures that we're limited by now. And also the new body will be capable of thriving in a new heaven and a new earth. So it's not just going to be a new improved edition of what we have. It's going to be just a whole new, a whole new body, and one that will be capable of seeing Jesus. We will see him face to face. You know, now we see through a glass darkly. Then face to face. You know, last week there was a fire in our condo and one of our neighbors sent this picture to my wife, Esther. And uh, that was just last Monday. And I was right into my study straight up above on the top floor. But, and I was studying there and you could see the smoke going by and the alarms of course were going off and announcements that you couldn't understand were being made, you know, and all this stuff was happening. But I just, I just thought, Lord, isn't that great? that that'll never happen to my permanent residence. <laughs> and that'll never happen to me. Never happened to me. I'll have this, this new glorious body. He, here, here's how Paul writes to the Christians in Corinth about it. He says, for we know that when this earthly tent, that's the body we live in now, it's a tent. He calls it that because it's a temporary dwelling place. When it is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven. Say it aloud together with me. This is an amazing concept. An eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies. I thought I'd hear one amen. <laughs> and we, here it is, we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we put on heavenly bodies, we will, not be, we will not be disembodied spirits. There it is again. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we, there it is, we groan and we sigh, we long. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Anytime. You deal with sickness or, you know, decay of the body that you have. You know, just, just, just let it feed that longing that it will not always be this way. And it was not intended to be this way. But one day we will have our glorious body. We will have permanent residence, a permanent body when we're with the Lord forever. Isn't that great? So, so we long for it now, but it, but it is going to happen. When Jesus returns. Second area we long for, and we long for this a lot, and that is for justice. For a future that we can just trust people and, and be safe. In our recent years, the world streets have been filled with uh, people crying out for economic justice. You know, the 99%. There's enough 
food in the world to feed everybody. Come on, people. You know, recent days, the streets of the world have been filled with people longing for justice for our climate. The streets of Hong Kong just longing for democracy. And, and, and UK, some long for Brexit, some long for no Brexit. In the United States, long, some long for impeachment justice, some long for... Anyway, I won't go there. But in our city, the, the streets, we... we, we, we so many guns and gun violence. Innocent people. Do you know at Cathedral, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a young adult came up to me and I prayed with him because his friend was killed by a gun in the, in the streets of Toronto as an innocent bystander. And you could just hear as I prayed with him. He just was longing for justice. It's, it shouldn't be this way. And, and you... Online and in this room, every one of us, if we've lived for any length of time, have experienced some measure of injustice where we say, that's not fair. We could be ripped off financially. We could have been deceived by someone we trusted. It could be politics in the workplace. It can be a hit and run on a street. It can be courts letting us down because they, you know, let someone guilty off or, 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 or convicted an innocent person. Or it can be abuse, rape, racism. I don't know how many people I've talked to over the years. Pastor Keith, it's just not fair. Here I am in this condition. It's like they got away with it. It's not fair. And I, I've had to say to a lot of people that I don't know what I can do here but I can tell you that Jesus is clear that there is no one gets away with unresolved injustice. When Jesus comes, he is going to bring perfect justice and every wrong will be made right. You know, the Apostle Paul explains it. He says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday, Christ Jesus will someday judge the living and the dead people that have died and people that are alive when he comes. When he, and when is it going to happen? When he comes to set up his? Yeah. We're in his kingdom, but he's going to come and, and, and establish it fully, completely. And, 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 and the apostle Peter tells us what that's going to look like. He says, we're, there's that longing. We're looking forward. How come it's not in red? We're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Do you see that? Oh, won't that be a great day? Do you know, it's, that means that the only injustice you and I will ever experience will be in this life. Doesn't make you long for that day. But listen, for some of you online and in this room, this may be a good time today with this teaching to just say, Lord, I've done all I can to do what's right and see justice made, try and keep my heart clean from unforgiveness. But, but Lord, I'm just going to decide that if you're going to take care of this someday, I'm not going to carry it anymore. How about you just leave it with the one who knows the motives, who knows the hearts, who knows all the facts. Why not just leave him to do that perfect justice with what you're carrying today. You know, I, I, I love how the Apostle John describes the new heaven and the new earth. Do you know what he says? He says, he, says, he gets us in the new heaven and new earth, and then he says this. He says, nothing impure will ever enter it. Nothing impure will ever enter it. <laughs> it's like, you're safe now. You're safe. Don't need to worry about that happening. No, 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 you don't. you're safe. Have you ever comforted a child that was traumatized by a nightmare or comforted an adult 
who was abused. And you just, you just want to comfort them. But well, Jesus is basically saying in the book of Revelation here that, no, 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 you're safe now. No one's going to get you here. You're safe now. No one's ever going to bully you or abuse you ever again. You're safe now. No one's ever going to falsely accuse you or lie to you or lie about you. You're safe now. You're with me. You're safe now. Because nothing impure will ever enter my kingdom. It's all out there. You don't have to worry about that anymore. You're safe now. How many look forward? How many long for a kingdom where Jesus rules with perfect justice forever and forever? Amen? Oh, yeah. And then there's a third longing that we have. We long to belong. This is, a, this is a future of security and closeness. Do you know, if you look under the hood of every street gang in Toronto, you'll find some, usually young men, some young women, but they're, they're looking for approval. For these young men, a lot from just male approval because they don't have it in other areas of their lives. When, when you look at People who get sexually involved, even though they don't want to, they know it's not good and they know it's not healthy. Why are they doing it? Because they're longing for acceptance. They don't want to be rejected. You know what's behind a lot of the self-destructive cutting and things that people do? They're, they're, They're trying to process rejection. People, I have noticed, will give up a lot of wealth and health and conscience because they long to belong. You know, when we become a follower of Jesus, we come to the cross, Jesus, forgive me of my sin, and then we learn that Jesus is so trustworthy. We know he's trustworthy because he gave his life for us when he didn't have to. Someone who gives their life for you, you can trust them to love you. And when they're God, you can trust them to know what's best for you. And so we start this walk with Jesus. And just like the Apostle Paul, we learn to trust the Lord more and more. And as we grow in his grace... Right? We mess up and he forgives us. Oh, I trust you, Lord, with my faults and failures. And we grow in his truth that tells, I trust what you say, that that's the best way to run that area of my life. When we grow in his grace and truth, he heals you. He heals you. You, you, you grow in his grace and truth like from spiritual infancy into maturity. And, and he just heals you every step of the way. And, and, and you've just become very secure because now you know that you are loved by the God of the universe. And he gave his life for you. He values you extremely. And so you have this sense of security. And when you're secure in his love, then you're in the best position to help others. You, you know, listen, when I'm really secure and I share God's heart for other people, I don't even care what they think. I just want to help. Because I'm coming from a place of security in Jesus, his love. And, and, it, and it just frees you up. You don't, you don't, doesn't matter what people think. You just want to help and you get out there and you're creative and you use your talents to make beautiful things. You get out there and you make a difference in this world. What am I saying? What am I saying? I'm saying, can you imagine what it will be like in heaven? <laughs> because we'll never experience more of a sense of security than when we see the love of Jesus looking into our eyes and just transforming, just just removing all insecurity and fear and anxiety. Can you imagine what heaven will be like? 
We'll never be more secure. We'll never have a stronger sense of belonging. Now, before I talk to you about the biggest longing that a Christian has, you know, this is a series about the end of the world, and we need to talk about hell, because heaven won't be the way everybody experiences the afterlife. Now, if you, on our archive, on our website, I've done, and Pastor Jonathan, entire teachings on hell. There's a lot more information there. But I need at least to say something here, that not everyone wants to do life with Jesus. Not everyone does. Here or there. They, they, just, they, they, they show by their decisions they make here that they don't want to do life with Jesus. Matter of fact, we've, you know, for them it's not YOLO, it's not Yeli. It's YOLMI. Yomi. All the cool people know what Yomi means. Yomi? You only live for me. That's Yomi. And they'll say that to God. You exist for me. I'm on the throne here. Do what I want. I pray and you do this or else I won't follow you. You know what I'm saying? It's just, or I, I want you to do this and when you do it, it's just, it's just for me. It's for me. Now, is God going to force selfish people to go to a place that they have refused to go to on earth in every decision that they have made? Jesus will do all. Jesus wants everyone to be in heaven. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He'll do all he can, but the sad and sickening reality is that some people don't want honesty. They don't want truth. They don't want purity. They don't want holiness. They don't want faithfulness. They don't want justice. They don't want love. And so they'd be so out of place in heaven. You mean those bad people that don't go to church? No, no, I'm talking about some people in the church and outside the church. I have met people who have chosen, they have chosen, they have the option, and they have chosen to be bitter, hate-seeking, racist, selfish-driven, lust-filled users of people. You know? Yomi, you only live for me. And they've made it repeatedly clear that they have no interest in, in following Jesus into the kind of life that he invites them to. Dallas Willard says it this way. He says, God did not create hell because he's mad. He wants to see people suffer and he enjoys torturing them for eternity. The only reason there is a hell is because God makes provision for what people want. And hell is simply the best that God can do for some people. But I'm talking to people online in, in this room who want God. You know, you may mess up in this life, but in your heart, God, I, I want, I, 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 you came to be my Savior. I want to follow you. I may stumble and fall, but I want purity. I want justice. I want love. I want your peace, your joy. God, I, I long for that. I, I long for eternity with you, God. There's a longing for Jesus that is the biggest longing that grows in the spirit of every follower of Jesus. It's a longing for a future of wholeness and completion in his presence. Now, do you know what? This is, this is something just new to me that I, that I share with you. I, I always wondered why when we get to heaven, does Paul say that Jesus is exciting, excited about showing us even more of his grace? Because you'd think down here, you know, every time we mess up, we say, thank you, God, for your grace, right? Thank you that you just do nonstop forgiveness. But listen to what Paul says when he writes to the Christians in Ephesus, now present-day Turkey. 
He, he writes that there's a lot more grace to be experienced. He says, in the coming ages, Jesus might show the, how big is it? Is it great, grace? You, you can't measure it. Immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ. Jesus is looking forward to showing us more and more of his grace. Because you see, every one of us wonder, am I ever going to be holy enough to fit in heaven? <laughs> you know, I'll get there and I'll mess up the place. I'll lose my temper or something. <laughs> I didn't want to live in that mansion. You know, you know what I'm saying? It just, it just, when are we ever going to be holy enough to go to heaven? Jude makes it clear that on the day that Jesus presents us before his father. He uses this word. He's going to present us with great joy and faultless. Without fault and with great joy. Oh my goodness. How many are like me? That's going to take quite a, a measure of grace. Aren't you glad that awaiting for us in heaven is immeasurable grace? Isn't that amazing? That's just amazing to think that, oh, okay, so what I don't, what I haven't completed what I've got incomplete, missing, and broken in my life, even at the end of my life, when I go to be with Jesus, there's going to be enough grace there to pick up the slack. And that means that whatever is broken in your life today, you know what's going to happen? <laughs> you're going to go to heaven. You're going to be transformed. You're going to be presented without fault and with great joy. There's going to be grace enough to complete your perfection. Whatever's missing, because we have people we do life with, and they're missing stuff emotionally or mentally. They're, they're, they just have that deficiency. There's some things have happened, maybe since birth, but and, and there's just something in their heart that reaches out to God. Won't that be a wonderful day when, when, when what is missing will be complete? And our faith will be sight, and there'll be immeasurable grace waiting for us there. Oh, I thought someone would say hallelujah. That was new to me this past week. You know, I was teaching a next course out in the lobby, about 20 new Christians, and uh, she may be here today, but one of our new Christians put up her hand, and because I was talking about feeding your soul from the Bible, get, getting spiritual food from the Bible. And she put up her hand, she said, there's one book of the Bible I will not read. She said, that's the book of Revelation. I said, why? She says, because it scares, well, she used some phrases that I won't use now, but it, it scared her just scares her, so she's not going to read it. You know, I remember in my early 20s, because you need to understand, when you read parts of Daniel and Revelation about the future, Dr. Van helped us understand it's a, a genre of literature. It's a poetic, symbolic language that is being used, to because you cannot use regular language when, when it comes to describing heaven and God to us mortal beings here. And so symbolic language is used. And I remember my first series teaching uh, the church family in Edmonton uh, about, uh, from the book of Revelation. And, and, uh, and I knew the, you know, symbolic language. They weren't literal things, but they were pictures of something too grand and glorious for us to understand. And in Revelation 4, I, would, I, I came to it. It says, each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around. How many of that's better vision than what we got? If you have eyes all around. And that's basically what it's saying. They, they could see so much. And then it says, day and night, they never stopped saying... Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. 
I remember my study was behind my office. And I remember just saying to the Lord, Lord, that just sounds like they're robots. Like they're pre-programmed. Just holy, 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 bow down, up and down. Just, And then it hit me that like all of the angelic beings, the beings of heaven, even us in his image here on earth, we all have free will. We all have choice. They, they, they could go and be, these four living creatures with all the capacity to see so much, they could be anywhere else, but they choose to be there. Why? They can't get their eyes off of the holiness of God. His character, trustworthy, perfect, the beauty of his holiness. And every time they bow down, they, 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 holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was, is, is to come. You're, you're like this and you'll always be like this. And they raise up their eyes again only to see something in God's holiness that they've never seen before, a deeper layer of revelation. And, 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 and it, just, it just causes a fresh wave of worship to come over them and they bow down again and say, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. And it just keeps happening. They don't want to be in anywhere else. They can't get their eyes off the beauty of his holiness. And then you keep reading in Revelation, and, and then they get joined. The, the, these four living creatures get joined by the 24 elders. They fall down before the one who is on the throne, and they say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and came to be. In other words, it's not just you're holy, but God, you're, you're a powerful creator. Look at what you have made. And these 24 just join the four, and, and, and the, the crescendo of praise and worship continues because they're not just worshiping him for the beauty of his perfect holiness. Now they are, they are, they are just marveling at this glorious revelation of his creation. But then Revelation 5 comes, and guess who shows up? Christians. Those who are thankful for Jesus sacrificing his life, they get on in it. They get in on it. And it says a multitude of this host in heaven begin to sing a new song. You are worthy. Oh, this is exciting. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe, language, people, and nation. Do you see it? This is exciting. That means that when you and I, angels long, other created beings long to look into what Jesus did for humans. The Bible says that. That means that when you and I get to heaven, we will have every reason to worship him forever and ever because he is holy and his holiness is beautiful and he is trustworthy and faithful in all his ways. He is the righteous one. Perfect justice is in him. And we'll have every reason to just be like magnets, just wanting to stay there, just so appreciating, seeing more of his holiness. And, and we'll have every reason to be there and say, oh my God. Wow, look at your creation. You know, we sing that song, you're bigger than I thought you were. Your creation is so much more vast than I ever thought it could be. Oh God, wow. And we will be there, but there's only one being in heaven, in the new heaven and the new earth that will have a reason to also, along with worshiping God for his glorious creation, his power in creation, his perfect character, his his complete justice. There's only one being, and that's you and me, Christians, who will have reason to bow before him and worship the lamb who was slain. Only us. 
Where would we be? To you? You, you left here with all this power and glory, this perfection, this holiness, and you came into our unholiness and our imperfections. You came into the ditch of our sin, and you lifted us up, and now you brought us to this new place. How many say, no wonder that forever and ever our song will be worthy is the Lamb who sits on the throne to receive glory, power, majesty, and worship forever and forever. Amen and amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. We just long to be in your presence. And sometimes when we experience stuff, even, follow, even following you in this life, we, we just know that this is not the way it's supposed to be. I pray that you'll be with those who are experiencing loss and grief, unsettling change. Those that are today longing for home, thank you, you're preparing a permanent residence as we speak. <laughs> we'll be with you. And Lord, for those that have experienced injustices in this life, oh, may we just say, Lord, perfect justice is coming. We're going to trust you. We're not going to let this get in the way of us living for you because we know it's going to be taken care of when the righteous judge comes. And Lord, for those that experience anxiety and loneliness and insecurity, they just long for it to be over. Thank you, it will be in the new heaven and the earth. One look at your face, and we'll just say, I was made for this. This was worth waiting for. Jesus, I'm so secure in your presence. And those that are beating themselves up for their faults and stumbles along the Christian pathway, those that are longing to do it right, to be whole and complete, those that are living without emotional and mental wholeness and those that are living, Lord, just with spiritual brokenness. Lord, thank you for what you're doing. Keep doing a good work. But thank you that you who began a good work, you're going to carry it through to completion even though it won't be completed until the day of Christ Jesus. So, Lord, we're, our, our future is with you. And Jesus, you're, you're, the, you're the biggest reason why the end of the world is something to look forward to. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing, both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.